Welcome. You've got mail. Welcome to the Mail-In Podcast. A, a new era is dawning as we speak. Uh, want to thank Kayla for all of her contributions. She will be back when she is in Austin with us. Um, but moving forward here, moving forward, very excited about it. Our first guest on the mail-in, uh, he's right in front of me right now. I'm very excited. He has his own cocktail named oh. after him at the Papa Doe off I-30. His traps inspired Gucci Mane's hit 2012 album, Trap God. Okay. He once managed to hit the boulevard pregame and register a tackle for loss for SMU on the same exact Saturday. His backyard makes your backyard jealous, and he'll, he'd boo Gary Patterson in his own driveway if given the opportunity. That's KJ Ellis. There's a fact. And always ended on a high note and a fact. Brett could not be happier to be here. Thank you for having me. Far too kind on the intro, but uh, I cannot overstate that uh, it's going to feel good to talk something non-sports. Yeah. Because full disclosure, while I like the sports, this is the lane, so I'm happy to okay. be here. Okay. Yeah. Well, I very couldn't be more excited to have you, KJ. You have range beyond sports that I'm excited <laughs> to uh, take advantage of, yeah. for lack of a better term. But before we do, you may be wondering, what is the Mail-In Podcast? Mm. Uh, if you're here for the first time, we do our best to answer your questions. You may run into situations in your 20s or 30s that you need help with. And between the two of us or three of us at points, we've probably been there too. We know what you're going through, and we're going to help you manage. We're going to try to make you laugh, make you smile, make you think of a situation that you may have been in or will be going forward. How can you help us out? So you can tell a friend about this podcast. It's the easiest way to get into washed media. Send them a clip or a segment that may make sense to something that they're going through. And then subscribe on iTunes or Spotify. Hit the hotline number to provide us some content, 888-362-MAIL. That's 888-362-6245. Or you can write in at the link in the Twitter slash Instagram bio at MailInPodcast. Or I'll hit you uh, on Spotify for a little description Q&A option that you can write in there, too. It's crazy. That's news to me. There you go. Before we get going, KJ, yeah. can you just give a little quick uh, origin story of how you are, how you remember Wash Media and, and yeah. what, before that? Uh, so I think March actually marks maybe my uh, five-year anniversary in said content content game when it comes wow. to podcasting. Congratulations. So started a podcast called Partial Recall back in 2016, and that was heavily nostalgia, 90s based. So the AOL theme actually fits my wheelhouse quite well. There you go. Um, ran that for several years, actually up until last year when put on hiatus when too much dip got started. Mm-hmm. Uh, pivoted that into Texas History Podcast, which is still around. Uh, I actually host that with a very neurotic Texas History uh, uh, professor who actually has oh. credentials. Um, okay. But he's weird as all get out. He's writing his second book, so we've been waiting on the podcast until he's got some more time on his hands. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, last year, uh, David and I, who'd connected on Twitter a couple of years back just over the content that I've been doing with uh, some of the Dallas folks where I live, um, basically started to say, hey, let's look into starting to do a sports podcast. I think it was always something on the horizon for uh, Wash Media. And through some conversations about what that might look like and availability, it just made sense. So. Uh, obviously, given Dave and Dylan's uh, back history, it made sense to have them on the same pod. And we needed someone at the time to kind of counterbalance Micah. 
Uh, <laughs> R.I.P. the content king that is. Who's still uh, doing a tremendous amount of content. Who is doing more content <laughs> than I am, and I'm selective in the game. There so, uh, yeah, that too much dip began last July, and here we are. So, Bam. Look at you. Uh, one more question yeah. before we get going. What this is the the the, the question we'd be asking most guests on the show. Mm-hmm. What was your screen name? Oh, easy, easy. Uh, so I, I I think I had a, a few different ones. I was never one married to a screen name, but the one that I would go with is capital K, uh, and then it would spell up climax spelled with a K, <laughs> uh, and a capital X, and then after that there was a lowercase e, capital T, lowercase e, which okay. was uh, at that time meant eternal elements. For those that were in like a group of seven people in my junior high, they knew that that meant uh, it was our group of uh, freestylers and break dancers and uh, spray tag, spray paint taggers. Okay. I had no break dancing or spray painting skills. I had no freestyling skills, but that's the <laughs> role that I served. Um, we were quite obsessed with like everything of that day, which was like, you know, Lincoln Park was becoming a thing and every band had a DJ. So it was like DJing and spray painting were all the rage, but at seventh grade, where I grew up, beating on a table in the lunchroom with a pen and your fist was kind of the best uh, clout you could have. Really? Uh, and so that's where I found my niche of, of having a little bit of So you could do a little attention. I couldn't beat, oh. but I could really butcher some lyrics on okay. the fly. Wow. So you were Cli- Climax ETE. Yes, Climax from the Eternal Elements. That was my rap name for. There it is. <laughs> exactly. There it is. <laughs> Well, I'm excited to get into today. Before we get into the questions, of which there are six, one of which is a voicemail, a follow-up from last week. And I, I personally wanted help on this one. This was yeah. talking about uh, a friend who may be uh, encountering kind of a drinking problem. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know how to handle a situation like that. So I asked the, the backers, and I got a ton of feedback and really appreciate everybody kind of filling me in on situations they've had um, and steps they've taken. So this one, the specific one comes from Megan. Um, and Megan, I thought, did a good job here of kind of summing up some thoughts. She said, I'm writing in about the question of, for the boyfriend concerned about his girlfriend's drinking habits. Uh, I went through the same thing with my now fiance, then boyfriend, and a lot of the things y'all said are great suggestions. Thank you, Megan. Uh, something I did was try to do a sober month together. Uh, I tried doing a sober January with my fiance, and it helped for a bit. Making sure she knows she has real support is extremely helpful. Unfortunately, with things like this, you, can, you usually can't really get people to change their drinking until they are ready. It took an ultimatum for my fiancé to stop, but now he's almost two years sober. Ultimately, making sure she knows she's supported by those around her is the most important thing you can do. I really hope that can help, um, and it does. Thank you, Megan. And I think she kind of hits on a couple of different things, right? It's yeah. ultimatum if necessary, intervention if necessary, but support. And uh, recognition is kind of the first step and the most important thing. I think that's kind of how to do it. Yeah, Megan really knocked it out of the park, I would say. And uh, you know, to just dive right into the deep end here, uh, I'm 34. And I would probably say a good chunk of my 20s um, was definitely spent looking at my paycheck at like, okay, how many bar taps can I squeeze out of this? Mm-hmm. Um, and I work at the same company that I started working with at 22, 23 Oh, wow. But I left for about three and a half years, and a big chunk of that was when I moved down to Austin uh, and moved back. And I explained when I came back that that's who I was prior to. You know, I, I was sending out company-wide emails, setting up happy hours for Thursday, like Monday afternoon. Mm-hmm. Like, that's where my brain was around the clock. So I certainly 
um, had to have my own battles, and a lot of it came from, you know, it's it's impossible to see the forest from the trees is kind of the, the cliche that's appropriate there, but a lot of it came from kind of getting to the point in life where you, you, you can't glorify, and I shouldn't say can't definitively, but uh, for me, I couldn't glorify drinking and all of the things that came with it when really what I was hoping for is kind of like the reassurance and the security and the social connection, everything that came around, you know, uh, what I thought came from drinking. And so Mm -hmm. um, I didn't hear the original original question. So no part of my response here is kind of targeted towards that. But anyone in that situation, I mean, I'm certainly anytime I'm on here to talk about the conversations or ask the question because, you know, fought my own battles and, and, and would be very comfortable um, and sharing things that I had to go through. And, and none of them were so formal uh, to get to the point of going through reaching out for help, which mm-hmm. I probably would have solved the problems quicker had I done so. So um, thanks to Megan and any other backers that reached out with their own insight too. Absolutely. Good deal. Well, I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah. And let's get into the questions. Here we go. This one comes from Sammy. Sammy asks, what's up, Brighton Guest, a.k.a. KJ today? I recently proposed to my girlfriend a few months back, and we have begun wedding planning for next year and coming up with our guest list. Congratulations, guys. Uh, We're both having trouble deciding what friends we should invite. Not only do we both have large families, but she was in a sorority and I was in a fraternity. (laughs) So we both have large groups of people we keep in contact with. So the list of friends we can invite is fairly limited if we want to keep it not a huge wedding. Do I invite the guys who I used to only hang out and get drunk with on the weekends? Does she invite her boss, etc.? Any rules we should follow when inviting people are much appreciated. Oh, boy. Wedding invite season. Oh, yeah. I love it. Uh, before we dive in here, let me ask you this question. Yeah. Can you identify weddings that you were not invited to that you, like, hold it over that person's head in retrospect? So far, right. uh limited probably one or two where you feel like hey i feel like i should have been invited or i would have invited you where like if you have if i have my my future wedding invite list mm-hmm. kind of concocted that person is like now very much on the bubble because right. uh we we, we kind of lost the invite mm-hmm. there or something like that so yes is, is the answer now did that person ever communicate with you before not getting an invite like hey we're we're stuck here. You guys are and I'm like they're not going to tell you you're 55 and we've got to cut it to 50. But right, they didn't be like, hey, we're keeping it small. Negative. But just one of those things. Okay. We're kind of kind of waited for the save the date mm-hmm. and then uh, didn't get the save the date. And I was like, oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So yeah, I, I've experienced something like that. But I think this all depends on budget, right? Is but budget is, is pretty much the most important thing when it comes to the size of a yeah. wedding, right? So it's like budget determines the venue, which determines the the dinner, which determines mm-hmm. the, the seats and, and ipso facto, the guest list. Yeah. Um, COVID aside, of course. Right. Exactly. Non COVID answer here. But I think there's some sort of hierarchy in building a list. I, I don't know exactly how it works. The semantics of like your call it, call it uh, 150 people, like mm-hmm. your 75 versus her 75 yep. i don't know if you get to trade uh you know y- your number one draft pick for like an extra five seats on her end you're one like asshole that. friend she doesn't like for like four <laughs> other friends it, co-workers that you've never met exactly yeah so i i don't i haven't done this yet yeah and yeah I, so you have and 
I got married, let's see, what are we, 2021? Got yeah. married in 2018, so three years ago mm-hmm. in May. And it was a very formulaic, probably simple process. Bust out an Excel spreadsheet, and then you personally sit there by yourself with your phone or your mm-hmm. Facebook or whatever it is that you feel like you can find the largest roster of people you need to invite. And mentally, you just start kind of inside out. It's like, okay, immediately, immediate family, extended family, other family that may travel. And you want to include everybody that deserves to get a save the date and or an invite. Mm-hmm. And then what I would do second after that was go back in a second column, likeliness to actually attend. Got because it. you are going to send out invites um, just as a courtesy. Uh, you're going to send out save the dates, you know, really as, uh, especially for family, you Mm -hmm. know, you may have older aunts and uncles that for sure aren't going to attend, depending, (laughs) especially if you have destination wedding or whatever, but you want them to know like, Hey, Bobby's getting married, you know, send them the invite. Uh, so you make that list, you know, family, extended family. And once you get beyond that, then we start getting stickier and then you stay, okay. If you're into the workforce, Okay, who am I speaking with on a daily basis, a weekly basis? Who for my prior friend group, whether that's college, high school, et cetera, et cetera. And you just mm-hmm. keep going outward like that. Uh, and then last on the list is when it's like, okay, what other coworkers, what other people need to be invited? And that list is going to be like 200 people too long. Right. And you start trimming basically, okay, where's the budget line? We know we need to squeeze it down to 100 people or 50 people or 75, I think we had. 200 maybe 175 or so i can't recall it's a sizable yeah. uh wedding and maybe I'm, I'm overshooting it there but we trimmed back and drew that line and we're like okay who's above this line that's not going to go wipe them out how many spaces do we have and start bumping people up basically interesting um, okay and then what's inevitably going to happen especially nowadays is there's going to be people on the list who are you know going to be expecting children or have their own things in which they can't go and you're probably going to have about 10 to 15 extra invites last minute that need to be spoken for. Got it. And okay. so then okay. you start just working in your alternates. It worked for us. Mm-hmm. I don't know that there were people who didn't get invites or didn't get save the dates that otherwise would have felt slighted by it. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also had the luxury of having more than a you know 20 or 50 person wedding, which in hindsight, I kind of envy those who, who have that uh, um Self, not not even self control, but just like, hey, we'll enjoy the day just as much in that intimate setting. That kind of got out of control with ours. Got it, got it. See, I I am at the uh, the young naive age where I'm like, let's let's throw Everybody. a ripper and 350 yeah. people are going to be there because I have a similar problem to to this guy where I have I've counted it out like 80 family mm-hmm. members off the bat who are like first or second rings of family who are like. Young enough to, they're gonna go, and it's right. it's like okay, so you're I'm already starting and with the with the bullpen full, um, but a main question I have is like where do, where does the plus one cut line happen? Ooh, yeah, so that that gets dicey on on yeah. who does and who doesn't, and the way we would approach it basically is unless we knew that they didn't have a plus one, we assumed everyone did. Okay. And we only made the list with that number in mind. So we everybody. Yeah. We wow. weren't adding in people assuming, okay, well, that person, they just don't get one. So we can squeeze <laughs> another seat at the table gotcha. because you're going to piss two people off or create a situation where that person's going to show up with somebody anyway. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I would say for the family situation, if you've got big families or big groups of, of people, especially, mm-hmm. you know, 
hypothetically speaking here, your situation where families live elsewhere in the country. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with throwing a wedding shower in those areas, you know, because then they get to see gotcha. you, they get to be a part mm-hmm. of it. Hey, we're going to have the ceremony down in wherever, a little bit smaller, but, you know, we wanted to be able to come still celebrate this with you, blah, blah, blah. That's okay. how you wipe out a lot of the family stuff. Interesting. So maybe that's a solution for this guy mm-hmm. here is to have, you know, maybe it's, it doesn't even have to be expensive. Yeah. Have another event where you, you know, you can call it whatever shower you want, mm-hmm. engagement shower, wedding shower. You still get a pizza stone out of it. And, <laughs> but you can have it at, you know, Katie Trail. Absolutely. And get some of those, maybe those fraternity brothers that you got drunk with, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and have may, maybe make a weekend out of it. Because yep. um, they don't have to get the bachelor party invite. They don't have to get the wedding invite. But you can have sort of the alternates you know, with, with you and your fiance and have, and still have mm-hmm. a great time, I'm sure. Absolutely. And I guarantee what I was getting at earlier, I mean, I'll go to the default of communication solves a lot of these mm-hmm. concerns, but it'd be a lie to tell you that I went to every person we didn't invite and like have the conversation with them. Yeah. But if you were to have like, Hey, you know, Stacy and I are getting married. I my hypothetical names are always so bad and on the fly. <laughs> we're getting married this, you know, in May, but I still wanted to be able to do something because we had to keep the list small. Like, I don't want that person to think like, Hey, I'm trying to have more events to celebrate me. Right. When really all you're trying to do is like still enjoy time with that person. So just go spend that time with the person and tell them, yeah, we're getting married, keeping Mm -hmm. the list a little bit small and they'll, you know, they'll say if they're butthurt or not, like you'll get over it. Just don't expect a gift from them. Last quick little question. Uh, the boss. Always assuming you've worked at a place more than six months, Send your boss to save the date and or a token invite um, because you want them on your registry. You often find where you're at in the pecking order of the company by whether or not they respond one or the other. (laughs) Um, But just as a courtesy, because, you know, unless you plan to quit, Mm -hmm. move on. Totally. But also don't uh, not to extend this out, but. Don't spend all day or a week at work talking about your wedding if you're not inviting coworkers. I think that's Uh, that's kind of the balance. Give the boss an invite um, formally. I don't think you have to worry about boss's boss or like mm-hmm. climbing the ladder here just to just to save face. I think boss is fine. Um, immediate co- coworkers that you would do a happy hour with and would get a drink with and, yep. and talk pretty intimately with. Um, other than that, you don't need to be inviting the department because somebody's going to get mad that you're talking about it at the, at the break room. Ah, they'll get over it. You know what you need after a wedding though, KJ? And Specifically, before. yeah, before, probably that Friday, mm-hmm. Saturday, and Sunday – you do well to have some of these in your pocket. Liquid IV. Between my exercise regimen, my diet, my drinking habits, for example, <laughs> Liquid IV is is my roommate at this point. They're always there for me. Whenever I need them, there. they are there for me. When we push our body hard or we're feeling run down, it's extremely important to take care of ourselves with the proper vitamins and nutrients. That's why Liquid IV created the Hydration Multiplier plus immune support to maintain and strengthen your immune system. Yes. At a time like this, what's what's more important than that? The Orange Pack is a game changer. Uh, the Wellmune, I believe it's called, it's a naturally sourced beta glucan. It's proven to uh, help strengthen your immune system. I've kept a full bulk pack mm-hmm. uh, on deck of the immunity one probably for the last two months since I saw it on the shelves at Costco. Like, you've got to keep this thing on you. I, I have the, the, the trifecta. I have the energy multiplier, okay. the regular 
hydration multiplier mm-hmm. and the immu- the the orange immune support yep. on the top of my fridge. You know that spot where stuff just collects. <laughs> Maybe it's a, a Tupperware or a cereal box. Mm-hmm. The top of the fridge is housing my liquid IV right now, and, and it's just a, an option for me every day. Whether I'm hungover, hop in with the the hydration. If I need a boost in the morning, yep, hit that hit matcha, the, hit that entry. Yeah, the matcha energy. And if I'm just feeling run down. After a workout, a lot of the times I've gotten sick has been after I'm at the gym a lot because it's just, mm-hmm. you know, kind of how it works. So I hit the uh, liquid IV immune support after a workout to get to get where I need to be. Also like that it has vitamin C. Yep. Also like that they've donated 10 million sticks to people around the world during their, their give back mission uh, between 2020 and 2021. And like that it has zinc in it too. You know how important zinc is to your immune health? Uh, I found out in January. <laughs> <laughs> Went through a little health uh, situation, and zinc's apparently a big deal. Zinc's a huge deal. Got it from got it from uh, Liquid IV. It's great. There you go. Uh, each packet is bursting with fresh, natural tangerine tangerine flavor. Excuse me, and tastes so good. And Liquid IV can provide two to three times more hydration than water alone. This blend is powered by CTT KJ, which is designed to enhance rapid absorption <laughs> of water and other nutrients. The optimal ratio of glucose, sodium, and potassium delivers water and key nutrients into the bloodstream faster, and that's what Liquid IV is doing for you. When you purchase Liquid IV, you're joining their mission to help people live better lives everywhere. And with every serving, uh, or with every purchase, they donate a serving of Liquid IV to somebody in need. Get your Liquid IV's hydration multiplier plus immune support in bulk at Costco or order online and get 25% off. When you go to liquidiv.com and use code MAILIN at checkout, that's 25% off anything you order. When you get better hydration today, using uh, promo code MAILIN, that's M-A-I-L-I-N, at liquidiv.com today. Boom. How about a voicemail? Hey, Dan. It's Pete from Pittsburgh. So... I know you've had the question asked on the pod about like, hey, I know this guy, but he's not really a close friend of mine. Do I uh, invite him to the bachelor party or uh, do I have to make him a groomsman? You know, stuff like that. It's been asked before. I'm in a reverse situation. Um, basically, I'm in this, this group of friends of mine. It's like, you know, some guys I've known since high school. And one of the guys in the group, is like kind of an outsider, but you know, I don't really know him that well. The rest of the gang is super close with him. I don't really know him all that well. Well, he said to us the other day, like, hey, I'm thinking of proposing to my girlfriend, and if I, uh, you know, get married to her, you guys to be groomsmen. And everyone's like, oh, cool, that's great. But like, I barely know this dude, and to be kind of honest, I don't really even like him all that much. I think he's pretty annoying. Oh. I have to be a groomsman. You know, is there any way to get out of it? Because, like, I just, I was going to say, I just straight up don't like this guy. I'm sorry. But, um, yeah, I'm just wondering what uh, what you guys' thoughts are on this. Um, oh, by the way, I'm the guy that called uh, a couple weeks ago about hooked up with this girl, and then a year later, um, she's dating my brother. Uh, so I reached out to her individually, and I reached out to my brother, you know, individually separate of each other. And I was explaining the situation, and uh, it was pretty cool. We had a good laugh about it. And everything was turned out uh, pretty casual. It's all good. Yeah. Thank you. A little update and question in one phone call. Thanks. Love you. Bye. Well, thank you for the update. Wow. Dating uh, dating a girl who is now dating his brother. Glad it's all good. Yeah. Glad we could help. Uh, but this guy is about to be a groomsman in a wedding he has no interest in being in, KJ. 
I think um, arguing and protecting your own time is one of the lessons that it takes the longest to learn. And mm-hmm. the sooner you figure that out, the better off you'll be. You'll be. There's no reason to be a jerk to the guy who's just happy and wants to spend time with what he thinks to be his buds. Mm -hmm. But if you genuinely don't enjoy being around this person, there's no reason to show up because unless you can put on a good face and like just take one for the team and cheer him on and support the guy, which it doesn't sound like you're the type to do (laughs) um, outside of the family, at least. um, It's not worth it, man. You know, it very, very easily can be said. Hope you guys have a blast. You don't have to say anything because nothing's concrete at this point, it sounds like. Once plans start rolling out, hey, you guys have a blast. I'm going to miss this one. Rain check. You know, wish you the best. Or shoot him a message on the side about the groomsman thing. But as far as bachelor party, you tell everyone publicly. You're out on this one. Tell him personally. And uh, wish I could be there for you. Um, you know, either you blame another engagement, which a lot of people don't have on the calendar right now, mm-hmm. or you just straight up say, Hey, I, I just really don't want to be there to, to take shine away from you. I hope you and your family enjoy it and, and just be genuine about it and buy, buy the man a gift. Yeah. Uh, that's your debt to pay. I, I thought my brain went two directions here. Either one, you land in the excuse route, like younger me, mm-hmm. right. I would be like, I gotta, I gotta put a trip together or something that, yeah. that, takes me out of this with an excuse so i don't have to just feel that natural like anxiety and Mm -hmm. guilt about completely just saying no yeah um the other route is i wonder you say you don't know this guy very well you say you're like i'm not a huge fan of his is he a huge fan of you like is he is are you getting the courtesy groomsman (laughs) invite here turn this around a little bit and be like ah i think you might be getting like you're just a member of the group text and so he's giving you that. Um, or in my opinion, I think it's – you're right about a lesson to learn where your your time is valuable. Mm-hmm. You don't want to set a precedent as well for when you get married and you have been in this guy's wedding and um, you are not going to have him be a groomsman. Just say, hey, yeah. uh, maybe that's your excuse. Man, I, I am, wouldn't have you – uh, in my wedding, I know mm. this is harsh, but I, I just don't know anything wrong with being like, "Hey, dude, you're right. You know, you know, I don't want to take the shine away from you today or on your day. I think uh, would love would love an invite, maybe compromise." And yeah, if you're and, willing to go to the yeah. wedding or something, by all means. Yeah. Um, or if there's a level of friendship you're willing to have here, you know, yeah. offer that in exchange. Hey, let's get beer sometime. I don't really think, uh, you know. Uh, I'm, I'm the right man to be a groomsman or mm-hmm. to add to the trip um, and leave it at that. If you really feel the need to build yourself an excuse, I think you just say, you know, uh, I'm, I'm kind of just getting back into making these kind of trips. I'm, I'm not ready to put another on the calendar at this yeah. point in time. Because Ooh. when when you're signing up to be a groomsman, that's, that's, a lot. We- that's a lot of wedding activities. It's a lot of money. That's a bachelor party. Um, the the groom's sort of sh- shower situation yeah. beforehand. I, not a shower, but like you know what I'm saying. Yeah, you, um, you've got responsibilities that yeah. go along with it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, if you if you're desperate for a compromise, settle on a wedding invite. Hey man, love to go to the wedding still and, and be a part of your day, but I don't think I'm the right guy. Where where I would end up is having beers with this guy talking about how I don't want to be a groomsman, <laughs> and then I would be like, but if but if like if if the, it's a bridesmaid, if it's a numbers thing, I I, I get it, and I would end up compromising myself back into it now nah, man then you take his phone out of his pocket 
Tell him to like and subscribe to this podcast and then have him open up Bumble BFF and uh, find him a person. There you go. And then really just the, the, the screenshots get mm-hmm. fired around his fiance's group text, the whole big thing. <laughs> exactly. Shall we do the next one? Yep. This one comes from Jack. Jack says, I'm a 22-year-old college senior months away from graduation. Congratulations, Jack. Uh, long story short, I, I've dealt with OCD all my life. The old noggin does not like losing control. Well put. With that being said, I've never been much of a drinker. I'm not cold cut sober, but I usually do one to two and call it a night. Uh, Good problem to have, Chad. Yeah. Uh, Throughout high school and college, I've felt super insecure about it, and I've tried my best to kind of hide it. Did the whole fraternity thing, so my friend's entire MO was all about drinking all the time. Not only did this stress me to hell, but my grades and physical health very much suffered as a result. This year... I had finally grown tired of living this imposter life and made some changes. I restructured my friend group and have replaced going out all the time with things like golf and sailing. Because of this, I am much happier. I have like-minded friends and am in the best shape of my life and currently training for a triathlon. Like, to this point, it just sounds like I, this, I, this dude yeah. is awesome. Yeah, this is an advertisement <laughs> for exactly how you should go about it. Now, here's the hard part. This question basically surrounds social situations revolving booze going forward. What are some tips for a soon-to-be post-grad to prevent hearing things like, why aren't you getting drunk with us, and not sticking out and being that guy? So personally and mentally, Mm -hmm. from from an individual state, he's in a great spot. Absolutely. He's worried about his social and external factors suffering from here. I get it. Mm -hmm. I get it. Tips for this are somewhere between indulging at at like sparingly, if that like kind mm-hmm. of keeping the your foot on the gas just enough to to not be that guy, or uh, continuing to to cut these people out. I you know I don't want to um, say that it's going to be a hundred percent different uh when you graduate college because it's a very it, it is a different um kind of social structure yeah. when you get into the post-grad world your coworkers are going to be very different especially when they're older than uh 22 year old fraternity brothers so i, I that's going to get better automatically but there's going to be times where you're invited to a happy hour and it, it it will give you some social currency and and in the office to attend and uh, strike up a conversation and maybe you don't have to drink. You'd have a, a soda water with uh, a lime in it or yeah. have exactly one beer. Like there are ways um, around this. And the very simple answer to why aren't you getting drunk with us is because uh, I, I don't like to, I'm, you know, I'm sorry if that's, if that's going to change your opinion of me, then maybe we're going to split off and do different things. I'll see you on the golf course. Type yeah. of thing. I, I think that's how you handle um, you know, going back to what I was saying earlier, there are people like me who would have been inviting and trying to organize these happy hours out, um, you know, pretty aggressively. And, and I don't know that I ever put anyone in a situation where it's like, hey, why aren't you this or that or the other? I think what's key about what he's said here is that he's leaps and bounds ahead of his peers and identifying who he is and what's important to him. And I think you hold on to that and you mm-hmm. cherish that and you, you protect that by all costs because you know a lot more about yourself than most 22 year olds ever will, especially like before you've even left college, you know, this is who I believe I am. This is who I want to be. Um, and this is, these are the things, you know, my triggers and the things I do and don't like, like that's a big, big part of growing up. Um, and so I think in future situations you know i think brett alluded to the fact that 
you're not going to be faced with as many ultimatums about going out um, and, and, and being a part of the crowd as you would be in a fraternity scene. Mm-hmm. You know, you're still going to get Friday, Saturday, Sunday, fun day invites for sure because people are going to have a lot more money and just as much time on their hands. But, you know, some of the Thursday nights might start to fall by the wayside, you know, going out and watching Monday Night Football. Some of those things mm-hmm. start to dial back. So you'll have fewer situations that you'll have to try to avoid. But I think the biggest thing to keep in mind is you're not sticking out as that guy. Like, no part of this situation has anything to do with who you are as much as it is on that person who would judge you for making the decision to be like, hey, you know, I'm here. Love being around everybody, you know, to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. I'm going to order my beer and I'll close out my tab. Yeah. That was the biggest thing that helped, um, you know, people in my friend group to start to kind of dial it back. It's just the pain in the ass sometimes of opening and closing a tab or knowing that you always had that trap door available that you've closed out your tab at any time. So you mm-hmm. don't have to wait on the waitress and finish off this beer or do the next thing. So when you go out, order your one beer, close out your tab or order food. And say, hey, once I'm done with this, you know, set those markers in your head so you know you can move on mm-hmm. at least to the next event or the next thing in the day that makes you feel um, good about it. Another trick I've seen people pull is obligating themselves to things outside of that. So for me, it was flag football early on. Um, mm-hmm. And that was scheduling things that, like, I had to be somewhere at 8 a.m. And eventually I stopped liking being there hungover, like with this guy's triathlons, like, if I know I've got a training or a run or something to do, mm-hmm. it's a lot easier for me to tell people, hey, I'll meet you guys there, but I've got an early morning. Yeah. Whether it's tea time or whatever it may be. I like that. Yeah. And uh, as you kind of evolve into this post-grad life, you, you will learn that um, there are situations socially uh, in a work environment where having one beer or or having a, a nice tea is, mm-hmm. is just going to be beneficial. Yeah. Um, around the office and it's going to build some camaraderie i'm not saying it's the only way to do it obviously hard work is going to get you to a certain point as well but you're going to if you say you're in a new city it's just a a, an easy way to fall into new friends is kind of vibing with these coworkers, and a lot of the times that's obviously done Mm -hmm. over uh beers or drinks and and like kj said it's going to say a lot more about the people that are trying to get you to drink more than it does you and once you get to a certain age especially this post-grad level they don't do that yeah just they just don't and you'll you'll find that out quickly how about this you begin being the one that's constructing the invite like yeah if you go out with your coworkers or to an event and invite them to go sailing invite them to go golf invite them to do the things you found outside of the alcohol oriented events Mm -hmm. and if they want to join you're going to figure out who that next friend group really is because you guys can go do things that really um are structured around your actual passions and aren't just sitting around you know shooting the shit (laughs) do do an event where it requires a water slash gatorade like hitting (laughs) hitting a hike exactly Um, but no you'll and what you'll find too is as you get older um uh, the going out becomes like dinner like, I, right. I find myself looking forward to dinners more than uh, drinks or, or apps or something like that. Like, going out to get sushi or tapas or uh, tacos. like Or all of those because none of them individually will fill you up. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> like, finding that stuff and, and finding conversation around that with an iced tea or with a Diet Coke. Yeah. Um, that fulfills the social kind of scratch scratch the itch. As much as going out to uh, 
the green parrot and <laughs> finding the bottom of uh, tequila bottle does. Yep. Right? It's, and you'll just like I, I hate to say like just wait, but just wait. At, yeah, at twenty two, you know, twenty two me year old me would have never. I wouldn't have cared that those days were going to be around the corner mm-hmm. in this guy's situation. I think that he was really excited or you know, anxious to see that there's a light at the end. Tunnel. It's definitely there. Um, but the quicker you're able to control the narrative in terms of what you're doing, um, mm-hmm. as, as you enjoy doing already, as far as being controlled situation, I think you'll find if you're creating those invites and saying, Hey, let's go do this, setting those things earlier in the day, figuring out who's willing to join. Um, you'll be faced with fewer of the other situations. Deal. As he gets older, too, by the way, yeah. he'll need something like this, KJ. <laughs> They're talking about Harry's. Oh, man. Too often, we're choosing between quality or a fair price. With Harry's, you don't have to choose. They give you the tools to be your own razor. Just kidding. <laughs> they give you award-winning blades at factory direct prices. When I, when I get my Harry's set, I've never been much of a one-blade guy. Right. Now I am. Because it gives me uh, a clean shave without giving me uh, the nicks and nacks that mm-hmm. you normally see. But has this this handle that makes you feel like you're shaving with this this next generation upper class like <laughs> razor uh, that I get with, with Harry's for this incredible price. For a limited time, Harry's is offer, offering their starter set plus a free body wash, which smells phenomenal by the way okay. for just three dollars at harrys.com slash mail in what they're trying to do kj is they give you a close comfortable shave at a fair price only two dollars per refill they believe in quality so much they, they bought their own factory in germany so that they could they could own every step of the manufacturing process only needed one blade to cut the metal man out exactly Love exactly it. how do they do it you may be wondering out there. Their team is, uh, they combined a simple ergonomic design with five sharp blades. I said one blade, but this one has five. How about that? They source their steel from Sweden and manufacture their blades in their world class blade factory. Their German factory is one of the select manufacturers in the world that have mastered the technology to create a Gothic arch. Okay. How about that? The gold standard for razor blade grinding. That's what makes it so sharp and comfortable. And you have a 100% quality guarantee. They stand behind the quality of their blades so much that they have a 100% money-back guarantee on harrys.com. I'm, I'm interested. I can, I can see the, the shave of your yeah. face right now. It's, it's not fantastic. great. It's not great. I need to step up, so I'll, I'll fully disclose. I've got a Harry's razor. I've not used it. Here we go. Since probably, uh, let's see, I've had it for a week. I have not used it yet. I'm busting that bad boy out. Busted. Uh, I really need to step this up. I'm, I'm shaving on the fly, and uh, things aren't as smooth as I thought they'd be. It sounds like you're getting a uh, a before and after picture from KJ on the TL Respect. at some point. At some point. Maybe in the Discord, but we'll see. <laughs> for a limited time, Harry's has an exclusive offer for listeners of my show. Uh, they can get their Harry's starter set and a free body wash for just $3 at harrys.com slash mail-in. That's over a $16 value for 3 bucks. You get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, a travel cover, and a travel-sized body wash for $3. It's a great deal. Act fast while supplies last. Go to harrys.com slash mail-in to redeem your offer. Let's do the next one. 
This is from a listener in San Antonio. Uh, She says, uh, so within the last two months, my roommate recently had gastric bypass surgery. If you're not familiar with gastric bypass, you aren't supposed to drink alcohol for a good while after the surgery. For the last three weeks, she has gone on full weekend drinking benders. Mm -hmm. Uh, She's been completely reckless, and it's kind of hard to watch, to be honest. My question is, do I speak up and say that I'm worried about her and her health, or do I just let her live her life? She's also been completely slacking as a roommate, already cleaning and taking care of her dog. So there's another level added to this whole situation. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I get the sense from this email, especially given the PS situation, that there are other problems, you know, afoot here, I would say. This seems like a straw breaking the camel's back. Right. And... While I've not been through the procedure personally, I do have a stepfather who went through this, I don't know, eight, nine years ago, lost mm-hmm. considerable amount of weight. Um, and at the time, I don't I don't recall the restrictions that were associated, but I, I assume alcohol is one as we're informed here. I also remember the situation he was going through and the stress that kind of came with it of like, okay, how do I prepare to tell people about how I'm losing this weight? Or, mm-hmm. um, you know, he's, he's a person that would just kind of joke around any fact that would go on. And so um, he would address it heads on because, you know, he lost over a hundred pounds. I want to say oh, or wow. it was a very significant amount of weight. He's visually okay. different considerably, but I do recall it was always a stressor for him to kind of address like, you know, hey, I, I did have this procedure, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of emotional and mental stress that goes along with these sorts of things, especially, mm-hmm. especially even getting to the point where you've got them, you know, you're ready to make the decision Ooh. to undergo the procedure. Right. So I'm not saying fully give the roommate a pass here that maybe they're dealing with more stress than just, hey, I had this procedure I was told not to. So we're, so it's, you think it's a coping. It, it, it could be a coping mechanism. Okay. That, that's something I would be fearful of, like, going head in and being like, hey, why are you doing this? Like, don't you care? And, like, hitting yeah. him overhead with something. But if you've got all of these other underlying things, like you're worried about them cleaning up and taking care of their dog, like, it sounds like you need to be having a conversation about maybe those things first mm-hmm. just to eliminate if you're having a clear-eyed view of actually caring about, like, their health. So yeah. pick your battles because nobody wants you to come in and like dump all this on them at once. My the worst nightmare for me here is that she is blaming her her she's blaming her lack of of roommate etiquette on the gastric bypass surgery mm-hmm. and also going out on these weekend benders and being like, Oh, it's fine, don't worry about it. Right. Putting this girl in a situation where you're just like, What what the fuck? What you can't have, you can't have you it can't both, have both ways. Can't have both the force there. field and the and the hall pass. Exactly. Um, I think you do. I think you do speak up, but like KJ said, it can't be a forceful situation. And obviously, there's more to talk about than just this uh, the surgery and its restrictions. I think you you come at it from a perspective of of a question almost like, hey, what what are we what are we thinking? Like, are you are you as worried as I am about this? Yeah. And kind of go at it that way like do you know do you do you know what this is this can do down the line and yeah. and kind of come at it from a, a worried perspective i i i don't you know there's always the argument like it's just let her live her life and and you can't say anything if it's a free country type of thing but yeah there i i don't know i would i would want 
somebody to say something to me and I would want to say something to this person. I would ask them their thoughts on the whole situation. Hey, mm-hmm. how's it going? How are you feeling about the procedure? Yeah. You know, how's the upkeep been? You know, your, you know, how have the doc, like if you genuinely do care, I think you ask, you get them to tell you the problem or, and, or identify the problem. Right. Uh, and they can, you know, you may very well find out it is something that's a coping situation or that they, have regrets or it, it might be something bigger by just asking the question, I think in this situation, rather than confronting with a statement, I think, um, you know, Hey, how, how are things going? You know, yeah. What's going on? Those sorts of questions. And maybe they'll be dismissive and mm-hmm. give you the Heisman. And, you know, I think you extend a little bit of grace initially. And if you keep getting that Heisman, then it's like, all right, uh, when's that lease coming up? <laughs> yeah. I th- well, I think that sounds yeah. like the, the best option anyway, given everything involved yeah. here, but like, from a health standpoint, like can can things go really wrong with a gastric bypass if you're if you're drinking alcohol? I know if you. Yeah, uh, I, I I don't I don't I should yeah. I'm not saying yes in response to the question. Like, um, I don't know that from a medical professional standpoint. But if we are concerned that like it could have negative effects, not just undo the effects of the of the procedure or whatever, mm-hmm. or or lessen the impact, something beyond that, like. Yeah, no, uh, depending on the severity of the potential side effects and that person's response to you asking them how things are going and getting them to acknowledge, you know, I don't think it's your position as much maybe to figure out if they have an immediate family member that you're yeah. by proxy close to. Right. You know, we've all had roommate situations where, you know, they've got a brother who's close who's been by the house or they've got a mom who's come mm-hmm. by at some point in time. And if it's really significant, you ask them about it and right. have them have the serious health discussion. I mm-hmm. think that's their position. Yeah, I find you almost get lulled as like a best friend or a roommate into situations where, you're so familiar with the day to day and they're so familiar with having you kind of just kind of cohabitating that the serious stuff sort of gets, you know, you're, you're, you're numb to situations. You're numb to a drinking problem. You're numb to a drug problem. Mm -hmm. You're numb to uh, an eating disorder. You, you, you become numb as somebody who lives so close to this person and may your, your words while they carry weight may not carry the, the immediate, um, turnaround necessary for somebody or right. the immediate way to to put their life in a different direction whereas you know a brother a sister a mom or boyfriend girlfriend who is yeah. not right there all the time may may have some more <laughs> some more clout I, I clout's the wrong word but yeah. may have some more pull kj uh we're, we're doing this live on air kj has pulled his cable out of his mic and he's back. Yeah, sitting in the seat across from you here, uh, mic check, mic check. I don't have as much slack in the microphone to just start fidgeting around with things, <laughs> and I'm I'm a person that definitely needs to move regularly. So sorry about that distraction. Uh, anything else you want to? No, mention? no. I think we've uh, addressed that one. Let's. Uh, looking forward to a new roommate. I'll put it <laughs> that way. Let's do the next one. This one comes from Ian. Ian asks, "Big game and moped with cappuccino, a man." sitting right in front of me, looking snacky as ever. I wrote in last week about weighing two job options, but now there are a couple of complications added to the mix. Okay, setting the scene real quick. He had lunch with two of his buddies, right? both of which uh, had a, uh, a job that he was either offered or, or looking to apply to, kind of a similar industry. Mm-hmm. He, was cho- he wanted to choose between two jobs. Uh, here we go. 
After meeting with my advisor, it looks like I'll be just shy of graduating this semester and will instead need a summer class first. Curveball. Curveball number two. More significantly, more significantly, I'm in the Army Reserve and my unit has just received orders to deploy this August. So if I begin either a job if, if I begin either a job after graduation, oh, excuse me, if I begin either job after graduation, I would only be there for a month or two before leaving for almost a year. How do I communicate this during the job search to a, avoid putting off finding a civilian career for another year? Thanks and love y'all. Ian. The result of these two curveballs, my man, is that I don't think you can. I think it's, yeah. unfortunately for you, it's it's unfair to any employer um, to onboard you for three-ish weeks and then have kind of somebody take you under their wing, whether it's a boss or, or coworkers or peers, for another three weeks, and all of a sudden it's you're you're out for a year um i first i mean thank you for your your service you're being in the army reserve yeah, but jeez um yeah <laughs> i, I don't don't i hate the troops i guess i'm uh. sorry but like <laughs> i love the troops please don't quote me on that i randy I, put the pen down i don't unfortunately i i don't think you can i don't think it's fair to an employer here unless you have i mean is there is there a scenario where this is okay i would look at this no different um i should say no different but with very little difference in someone who's expecting a child and okay. looking to take a new job. You know that you're going okay. to be out for a significant amount of time. Mm-hmm. Um, depending on how soon after you begin said position, you expect certain things in return in terms of flexibility. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually had a very similar thing like that happen, like this happened in my job, actually Army Reservists as well. Uh, that individual, though, I believe was with us for basically a calendar year and then was projected to be yeah. gone for a year. Okay. Um, you know, not pulling the curtain back too much. He actually had reached, it was running up on the time where he was projected to be back. I reached out, Hey, by the way, you know, how are things going? Looking forward to having you back. Where are your thoughts that we hadn't heard from you? And he's like, Oh, this sounds great. Loving to hear about some of the changes. And it's like, yeah, mm-hmm. I'll definitely reach out. And then a day later he reached out to our boss. He was like, yeah, I decided to reenlist and stay here for another year. Ah, like, okay. Dude, I didn't need the lip service. It's okay. <laughs> um, but going into it again, I think that it's, you're right. And, and definitely to your credit, like you shouldn't be punished for having these obligations that are beyond, totally. yeah. um, you know, the responsibilities of most civilians. But I think in this situation, the way that you address it is that, you fully have the conversation regarding the opportunity to make sure that you want the position. Mm-hmm. You identify that first. There's no reason doing this backbending or any of these questions if you don't have opportunities in front of you that are a fit. Um, obviously, graduate to get that out of the way. Yeah. So that, that's yeah. secured. That's priority one. Um, but then I would address your job search as you were before. And then once you're in the position of receiving an offer, um, fair or not, they cannot rescind that based on your obligations to the military, just like they couldn't rescind it based on you expecting a child. You know, gotcha. that, that's just, I would say it would be unfair as an organization to do something like that. Now mm-hmm. it does put them in a situation where they've got to backfill your position or still find someone to do that role. So right. while you may have kind of the, the, 
hey, yes, we'd love for you to be a part of the organization approval. It doesn't necessarily mean that your job, as it was promised to you today, will be there when you get back. Yeah. So I would walk all the way up to the point of where they've extended the offer prior to accepting. I would have this conversation at that point. Hey, wanted to make you full, you know, be fully transparent here and make you aware. This is my plan over the next year. Um, you know, I recently discovered I didn't want to mislead you or, or accept the position and begin and then have this come up two or three weeks out. Um, it'll get you a little mileage, but what they'll probably say is, hey, thanks for letting us know. Unfortunately, we'll need to fill this position sooner. Yeah. But at that point, it's no different than you working there, taking extended leave and or leaving the position, and you're essentially like a rehirable employee mm -hmm. in some places. Yeah. Um, certainly when you came back and, and wanted to look for a new position, you've already gotten in, you know the person, you know whom to contact, you know the role, you know what the terms of an offer would have looked like. Mm -hmm. And if nothing else, you know what your value was in that in that industry going forward. Sure. Um, a lot of the times these hiring cycles are cyclical, cyclical mm -hmm. too. Uh, you, you'll be, you know, you say you deploy in August for a year, uh, almost a year. September is usually a, a hot hiring cycle. It sort of follows the school kind mm -hmm. of regimen. Um, so you'll be getting back at a time when you want to reenter in a good spot. I'll put it, that's, that's point number one. Point number two is that there's always value in getting reps in as far as applications, interviews, um, making connections with these hiring managers and, and going in with, as if you were not deploying mm -hmm. and getting that offer or getting that second interview or getting that phone call. And like KJ said, filling them in when, when things are getting to the point where it's looking like you would have a, a career. Because that, that you can just re-up re with next summer. Yep. So I love that. Number three, the alternate route here for me is find a, a, a one or two month part-time or resume boosting option that may fall under the internship category, summer yeah. internship category, where you oftentimes are, are more flexible with that. Hey, you know, this, this program usually runs through August 30th. I did a bail August 7th because we're deploying. Um, and a lot of the times that's an option where you can leverage that Army Reserve kind of mm -hmm. uh, scheduling to say, hey, I am I'm doing this. I'm doing this for my country. I would like to Ultimate get some. Yeah. Like I would like to get some experience before I do leave as I do plan on a civilian career afterwards. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and companies will will take that information and say, this is an awesome opportunity for us, for, yeah. for him. Um, and so that's option number three is building your resume with something short this maybe summer. Maybe same people. Yeah. yeah that same employer maybe. likely would be willing to have a different arrangement for that interim time period. Right. And then, you know, reevaluate when you return. That's, yeah. That's a good idea. In a, in a weird hiring time, mm -hmm. uh, that is 2020 and 2021 companies, uh, I've, I've seen it all over the place are flexible. Um, so they are able to create situations and, and structures um, that are going to be beneficial for you. And it doesn't have to be the full-on, full-time, 9-to-5, 40-hour type of thing. You, you can get some seven-week situation or build it yourself with a company that is more than more than happy to to honor something like that. Um, so a lot of options here and, and a cool situation that you are, are doing your thing. And again, thank you for your service. Next one. Yeah. Last one comes from MJ. MJ asks, hey, guys, 
I am also on a hotness journey. First of all, are you familiar with Kayla and I's hotness journey? I'm, I'm well aware. Uh, I'm inspired. Okay. I think it's a, a great, valiant effort for those who are partaking. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, they, asked, or they say, I'm also on a hotness journey and was just wondering, what do y'all eat or what do y'all do not to eat when you're bored? Also, what is your favorite re- replacement food to make something healthier? Mine is using peppers or lettuce as a bun if I'm craving a burger. KJ, yeah, you're looking at me yesterday on the couch watching golf and the NCAA tournament. Just amount of just the right amount of boredom mm-hmm. coming off a like a two day hangover. You know I was in snack mode. Okay, and they call me Snack Morris. <laughs> okay, um, and I snacked. I, goldfish. I, I can't. I can't not have a bag of goldfish in my house. All right, and and house that son of a bitch. I just can't do it. So, what what do I do? When I'm bored yep. and... What's your substitute for uh, got a goldfish in? Uh, what do you mean? Sub- like a, like yeah, food so or... or how uh, do you avoid not opening up the milk carton that yeah, is, uh, the, the five-gallon gi- The goldfish. gigantic fucking goldfish. Yeah. yeah. No, uh, I don't, first of all. But if I were <laughs> to, uh, you got to get, get, get the workout in. Okay. Got to get the workout in. Or something I, I, I don't know if this works, but I'll chug like a, a bottle of water just to just to fill my stomach up to the point of like pain almost. You know, you're just like, okay, I'm not hungry anymore. <laughs> don't know nutritionist would advise that, but yes. No, it's it, that's that's just a mental thing for me. Um other things I'll do is is if I'm bored and I want to eat, I'll get on like this is this is so nerdy. I will get on Excel. And okay. study like financial statements of companies. Yeah, I would say um, studying people's tw- what is it twenty twenties or whatever they're called. Yeah, that like ten ks and there and it is. That's that's, that's hopping on Yahoo thing. Finance or Seeking Alpha or <laughs> God, I'm, this brutal. is so lame. But getting on something that that takes my mind completely off of it and like yeah, I can't just say watch Netflix. I can't say watch TV. I can't say play video games because that doesn't engage me enough to not have that craving. Or not have like the, the the need to get up and walk over and do something with my hands and make a snack like a, a grab peanut butter on a spoon for example, which is another go-to snack of mine. Um, but a lot of the times it, it is all I need to get that workout in, which will make me feel less guilty um, about snacking, or do a uh, protein smoothie. You know, you always have that yeah. in your back pocket after the workout. You always have that in your back pocket because you can make a similar smoothie, maybe but not with loaded with protein, but other kinds of things in it to satisfy some sort of craving. And also the rule of like pop it, pop a goldfish, just one. I know it's impossible, but okay. just just get Slippery that slope. yes, get that salty on your tongue. You're good. So I, I think knowing your trigger is always key. And if it's boredom, I think you're you're in a good spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, for me when I was. Most successful in my efforts, uh, as I would say, dodging carbs, <laughs> uh, you know, wedding prep and whatnot was always the preparation that, you know, happened at the beginning of the week. So, mm. you know, keeping whatever substitutes on hand, if you want to assuage us with a food option, and I think that, you know, she was hoping or he or she was hoping for an option that wasn't food. Uh, getting out of wherever you are physically mm-hmm. is key. Like you said, getting up and. Working out, I think, is, is a big uh, answer there. Um, but it may also be the time where, you know, something that Dylan, I think, has advised in the past and I think is great advice, just find time in your week or in your day to 
pull up a FaceTime and FaceTime or call an old, call somebody. Yeah, I like and that. And it's not calling them as like a support crew, but you know, FaceTime a parent or somebody that that's you know, you know, they have time. Your niece, mm-hmm. nephew, grandma, grandfather, whomever's available that would love to talk with you. Uh, I think that those are always good time killers mm-hmm. um, and will likely transition you to whatever meeting, you know, whatever appointment you have next in your day. Um, hopefully your next eating window or whatever uh, type of obligations you're trying to keep yourself on. So uh, as far as favorite substitutes, mm-hmm. um, I will say, uh, you know, I, I, the two biggest things that I always had success with when on a hot being on a hotness journey was, you know, looking to avoid carbs and mm-hmm. you know, cauliflower was a big player then, but sugar is, is, you know, my crux walking oh, really? past those sour patch kids each and every day. Oh no. Um, almost were my identity for several years. Um, but <laughs> you were the sour patch. Kid. Exactly. Exactly. There were a couple sugar substitutes, uh, specifically that, uh, um, I actually realized like, oh shit, I can, you know, keep this up when not in, you know, hot, okay. uh, health journey times or, or hotness journey times. Swerve, I believe is the name of it. They make a regular white sugar, brown sugar, powdered sugar. So you can make all of your own confections with this thing. So this is not hashtag spawn or ad or anything like that. Okay. But substituting Swerve in my sugar products was way better than Stevia or any of these other aspartame mm-hmm. or xylitol based uh, sugar substitute. So did you keep an eye out on that same vein, did you have the soda bug too? Um, I did. I never had that issue, but I think tied into it was not like casually drinking on the weekends, like having mm. a beer here and there during some of those times. So that's when like my Waterloo or sparkling water kick like spiked. Got it. So got it. Got that, it. that was my go-to if I had like a, uh, you know, Red Bull obsession, that would have been my go-to is hitting a red, uh. hitting a, uh, Waterloo and maybe a uh, what a Mio drop in that to get the energy out of it. Who would who would have one of those? You know, yeah. Yeah. hey, I don't, I don't, I don't fault you. They've got like a peach and a watermelon flavor that I, I am. Uh, I'll I'll say that I'm more or less off of it. I've replaced it with Celsius, which we'll come to find out in ten years is equally as bad for yeah. you. But for right now, I'm riding the wave. But you feel good about it. That's I feel important. good about it. Uh, favorite substitutes for me, it, it, you know, it's kind of fun. To go to a grocery store now because there are, there is a substitute for almost everything. The only thing I can't do is substitute meat. I just don't I don't get the same thing, you know, doing the soy and the, and the, yeah. the veggie burgers. I've tried. I'm sorry, it doesn't work. My wife is a pescatarian. I do ninety nine point nine percent of the shopping and ninety nine point nine percent of the cooking. Okay, and it's pretty much always been that way. I worked at Whole Foods for like eight years through high school and college, mm-hmm. and so. Grocery stores, love going to them, no big deal. Do you walk in, you're just like, this layout is trash. Oh, I judge the shit out of them. It's so bad. Like, I never worked in, like, retail, like, clothing retail places, but I can uh-huh. imagine if anyone who's done a stint, like, an Abercrombie or Hollister, like, you're definitely judging the folding uh, at certain oh, yeah. places or, like, how disheveled a place looks like. If I go to a store and it's not, like, fronted up properly or the end caps don't make sense, <laughs> um, like, yeah, I am not writing a letter, but... Uh, you know, you may see me frequent your store more than others or I less see. than others. I see. But um, what I'm getting at there, as far as non-meat items, mm-hmm. I implore everyone to at least give the impossible meats a try or yep. beyond meats. It is not the same. You're not looking to 100% replace it, but no different than if you were to go to Chipotle and say, okay, for this bowl, I'm just not going to get any meat. Mm-hmm. Like You'll finish that Chipotle experience and be like, all right, I'm good. Like, you're not going to be missing anything. In the moment, you'd be like, where's 
my chicken or steak, but afterwards you'll be just as full. You can eat that same burger or whatever else you're going to do. You'll be okay. You're not out there doing uh, veggie briskets, but Mm. (laughs) you'll be okay. There's enough spices and extremely flavorful things too that can really can dress up anything at this point. Um, But, but favorite replacements, for example, are, uh, cauliflower crust mm-hmm. for pizzas and whatnot. I love zoodles. Zoots. Okay. Yeah. Spaghetti uh, squash is yep. also a good replacement. Yep. Um, I am a big fan. Uh, what's oh, I had? The, there was like the main three because like pizza, pasta, uh, carbs, and salt are my mm-hmm. crux, right? So pizzas, cauliflower crust, pasta is uh, zoods. If I have chicken wings, you can do buffalo cauliflower. Okay. Um, yeah, I've done that. Like pork dumplings just stuff it with veggie dumplings and uh, a bunch of like spices and stuff so you can really make anything healthy like cheese i haven't exactly found a perfect for that like melted cheese that's where you draw the line there are some soy cheeses and cheese alternates and substitutes out there but you know at some point we've got to be rational people and then wraps just fuck with a spinach wrap Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, you know, tortillas, for example, the, the carb balance tortillas mm-hmm. are, are always a great option. Because, you know, nine times out, you don't taste the tortilla. So it's what it's what's about inside. As long as we're not talking like homemade, you know, restaurant quality. Like if you're getting mission or whatever off the counter, mm-hmm. get your carb balance, throw it on the stove, toast it up. Call it a day. Yeah. KJ, that'll do it for yeah. the questions. Now is everybody's favorite segment, mm. shower thoughts. <laughs> You want to lead off? I didn't plug mine in here, but I, th- I think I've got a couple. That items. is okay. I will lead off. KJ, I attended the Dell match play on Thursday. As you did. The As golf did. tournament. And I had a blast. Um, that is my third professional golf tournament okay. I've attended. My first non-major. What are, oh, enough. well, then. I went to I the, the other options. U.S. Open at Bethpage. Okay. Um, and I went to the uh, PGA Championship at Oak Hill. In Rochester, New York. Okay. So this was my first non-major. It was still a WGC, so it's still a great field, etc. My shower thought is: Are golf tournaments the most underrated spectator event on the planet? Oh, okay. I had a blast, KJ. There's something about the the action is steady enough to be entertained by what's around you, but not steady enough. To have conversations and indulge in perhaps a Vizzy or six, um, to have a bite to eat in between groups, like it is, and and you're not confined to a seat. You yeah. can walk. You can get your steps in. Um, it's expensive, sure. It's uh, very weather dependent, obviously, but I I don't think golf tournaments get enough love for being like something that millennials could do whether or not they had an interest in golf because it is a scene out there yeah i look at events like the waste management tour wait Waste Management open i guess oh yeah uh, i don't know why i said tour and i'm like that's an event where they get it right they know who they are mm-hmm. i've also seen what the uh outside of the kentucky derby oh, yeah. uh, and some of those horse races that are absolute shit shows mm-hmm. um and i will fully agree that there are some sports that are Garbage spectator events. Football is a big offender here. It's mm-hmm. one of the worst things you can do with a bunch of money. College, like, 
premier college events aside or sure. bowl games and you know playoffs stuff like that aside just your standard nfl or standard college football game maybe not worth the squeeze there however uh-oh if i could create a situation in which you could have a track and field event that mm. was more of a publicly consumed and by that i mean i can go buy a beer and have some snacks and just meander and check in check in check in and check out when i wanted to i think that would be the ideal situation but because that okay. doesn't exist i feel like i've got to tip my cap to i'm debating between your nascar event okay or because i like having a space that i know is dedicated to me but also mm-hmm. not having to stay in that s- space stay in that space or see every single moment in order to you know feel like I'm getting I'm getting what's going on Uh horse racing you miss it so quickly even with the gambling you've got to be in a spot for a specific moment Mm -hmm. basketball might really hit the spot for me though okay because the games are so compact but you know that you're going to get excitement as long as the arena does it right that might be Mm -hmm. higher up on the list because even basic ass Mavericks games are put on well enough I'm probably biased because I've I've got connections to people people do the in arena video stuff Mm mm-hmm who featured Kayla in a commercial, actually. People oh. who made that commercial do the in arena stuff. Full circle. Um, so I'm going to go with basketball, followed okay. by my non-existent track and field event. I, I, when you were mentioning the track and field thing, I was like, I was putting it together in, the, in my brain. Do you know the, the drag racing? Boom, that would work. With like the yes. stadium seating? Yes. What if you put like a little 100-meter like well. rubber uh, thing right there, and you just had these dudes racing <laughs> – like with in stadium seats, <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, it, it could work. Or like, I've been to drag drag events. Drag, <laughs> well, I've been to both drag brunch and drag racing events. I know. And Ennis, Texas has like a really shitty one. Um, and some bad dirt track racing out there mm-hmm. can be fun events. But yeah, I'm gonna go with NASCAR as a second place to NBA as as best spectator okay. events. Have you been to a uh, Stars game? Yeah, Stars Stars do it well. One hundred percent enjoyable but my issue with that is like the meandering in a hockey game mm-hmm. same with basketball it, it's it's hit or miss yeah like you're good with your group but like yeah access based if you have a dope can little... i torch any goodwill i've i've may have created over this entire episode of course it may be a positive that sweaters are like standard for some hockey fans because it's not like i'm trying to meander and, mm-hmm. and go hit the scene at a hockey game for the most part okay bring your sand to the beach in this situation <laughs> <laughs> on that note <laughs> oh one one more honorable mention uh you ever see like the the dope volleyball courts they set up for like the big yeah. events with the like on the beach and you mm-hmm. have you know something like that like the x games used to be in la and they put the whole thing on i the... wish i would have been able to go to the next oh. games. i feel like that would that's the kind of parse together type event i'm thinking yeah like where it's you, you can meander to different events but there's seating if you need it. Yep. You can you can set up for the big air, like watch the main event in a seat. You can meander and watch the street stuff. X Games it is. <laughs> Give me X Games. AJ votes X Games. I'll yeah. vote the uh, the ski jumping in Poland where they get fucking <laughs> rowdy. Yes. Barrel jumping if that's the whole thing. Boom. Your shower thoughts. My AJ. shower thoughts. Well, on the heels of me just completely torching the you know female population of an entire sport, <laughs> I was just going to center it on – Brett and I both have backgrounds in, in, in uh, and I won't say in any comparison sake, you are in the heat of things. 
the ties that I have outside of Wash Media are in a very passionate sports radio um, kind of ecosphere. Sure. And and we both have seen what can come out of the not the most positive or constructive uh, criticism. So what I will say is as we continue to grow and as things continue to change, Randy is always available to take any constructive or positive or <laughs> negative feedback. So that direct Randy any, everything to Randy if you have any concerns or questions about the show. Uh, we'll just we'll, we can hash it out directly. You know, I like we'll, that. You know, we're we're one big group here. Hit me in the Discord if you are truly curious or have an issue with anything said or questions or suggestions. I am always available and accessible. That link is in my Twitter bio. Um, I think that all thoughts, you know, to contribute to a better mail and or any other show that I'm a part of are welcome as long as uh, you know come correct because otherwise that show gets swatted to half court if you don't. I like that. I like the uh, constructive feedback is a whole lot better than this yeah. sucks or right. that sucks. And or if it does, he or she or just uh, they. again, I'm available directly if ever you have those thoughts. I like that. As am I. As am I. Well, TJ, that was fun. You Absolutely. have a you have a good time. A blast. We, man. we ended up going for blast. over an hour, and it didn't even feel like longer it. than uh, too much dip. So you know, we had more to say about this <laughs> than the sports. That's you know, that's saying a bit. There you go. Uh, again, subscribe, rate five stars, review, and tell a friend about this podcast. Hit the hotline number to leave a voicemail. That's 888-362-MAIL. That's 888-362-6245. Or you can write in at the link in the Twitter bio at Mail-In Podcast. KJ, very much appreciate you hopping on. I hope this isn't the last time you come on. I hope you enjoyed it enough hey, that man. you would, you would love is, to come on whenever. Your world. I'll keep my microphone plugged in the entire time next time. <laughs> <laughs> we, will, we will make that happen. Uh, Randy, thank you over on the board. Thanks, Randy, for helping out. KJ, thank you. We will see you next week. Bye-bye. Goodbye for now until we meet again. Goodbye.